Okay, so in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing exactly how we have a systemized approach to getting the most out of courses, training, books, and all that other great stuff that we all business owners consume, but often never actually implement. I've spent well over a hundred thousand of pounds on courses, training, books, and all sorts over the years. I have been running courses for six years now. And I've learned a few lessons along the way, made lots of mistakes. And today I'm going to share all of that so you can hopefully avoid those mistakes and start getting the value out of the training programs you actually invest in. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. Okay, so if you're anything like me, you've probably invested lots of time and money in courses, books, coaching, programs, software even, that you never actually implement. Maybe you do a bit of it, you dabble in it, but you never really get the true value of what you've invested in. And I've held my hands up. I have literally bought courses I have never even opened. I want the goal, I want the result, but I never find the time to actually get the work done to be able to actually see the fruits of the the investment, so to speak. Now, the problem is, well, my problem and probably your problem, if you've ever had the same, is that we're busy. We are business, business owners. We're always pulled off in different directions. And so finding the time to sit down and dedicate to learning something new and then implementing it is actually something that's quite challenging. And even if you know you start with the best intentions, you go to a seminar, you're really fired up, or maybe you start a course and you do the the big you know warm up at the beginning. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this. But then you know your your energy peters out because everything else piles on top, and the workload you've currently got isn't going anywhere. And actually, you realise that by doing this course, you're not only taking yourself away from doing your essential work right now in the learning process, but you realize the deeper you go into this learning experience, whether it's a course or a training or whatever, you realize that you're actually going to create a monster at the other end because all the stuff you're learning, someone's got to actually do something with. So say if you're doing a marketing course, it sounds great. I'm going to do a marketing course. I'm going to suddenly generate more leads, but you're busy. That's why you've not done any marketing so far. You've not got time to post on social media, so you've gone to Martin course to learn how to post on social media. The problem is you still haven't got time to post on social media and all the other stuff that comes with it. And so that's the challenge. And this podcast today is my interpretation or my system for how to actually solve that big challenge. And this is what we implement in our business and what we help our clients to as well. And we're talking actually towards the end about how when you are investing in programs, how to select good ones. And I've, as I said, paid a lot of money for courses of all different grades and all different standards, you know, up to two and a half thousand pounds a month on some of the courses I've paid for in the past, which is a lot of money to invest. So, and, and so you expect them to be pretty good. And I've learned a lot from doing that, but I also learned what makes a great course to invest in and the key things that you need to be looking for to make sure that you actually get the results and this isn't about how good the teaching is. It's about how the course is set up and what will then aid you to be able to actually implement the stuff you're learning. All right. So first of all, I want to talk about mindset because it's actually primarily this is a mindset shift. Being successful 
with courses and training and books and etc and actually implementing your business is just a different way you have to look at this in a different way to what you may be doing at the moment and if you're anything like I was a few years ago then you may read a book and think this is a great book there's loads of fantastic information in here and if I just implemented this in my business my business would then become more successful in whatever you know area it is whether it's leadership or systems or operations or marketing or sales whatever now the challenges or the problem that most business owners face is they believe that they need to implement it. The problem is, as I've said, is we're busy, that we are always pulled in different directions. So you have to move that mindset shift from you being the one that needs to implement it to getting it implemented in your business. And that is a big shift for a lot of people. Now, some of the reasons that people struggle with this is they have barriers about not wanting to spend money on training their staff. They see that as a cost rather than actually seeing it as an investment. Because if you hire staff, and you know the majority of my staff are employed from the Philippines, they're hired as, in inverted commas, virtual assistants, and then I train them up to do all sorts of stuff in my business. And what I get from, from doing that is the ability to hire affordable people who aren't coming in at a premium of, you know, they've already got this experience, this knowledge, and I'll talk about why that's also a problem you know, in a minute, but because you're not getting them in at that sort of experienced loads of um, history behind them, blah, 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 then you don't have to pay for that high premium. So you can get people and spot the people who are, you know, they're keen, they're motivated, they're intelligent, they're, they're eager to learn, they're eager to actually uh, do some good and then train them up. And so if you do that, then it's not a cost, it's an investment. And you then will get that return tenfold into your business. And so one of the challenges, again, about this is that often business owners, and I definitely fell into this trap, was that I believe that I only got value from my staff for the work they did. So the product of their work is what I measured to see the value that I felt I was getting. And if they weren't producing, therefore I wasn't getting bang for my buck. And then I thought I'd think they were you know, not worth the investment. Whereas if you need to, again, you need to have this mindset shift to understand that learning is part of the investment that you need to make into your staff. Another problem that I face and a lot of people do is you believe you need to know everything. You believe you need to know how all the parts of your business work and therefore you hold back letting go of stuff until you know it. The challenge is you can't know everything. Business is just too broad, too wide for you to be good at everything, for you to have the time to learn everything. And you just, if you do that, you're going to get stuck. So the difference or the mindset shift you have to make is I need to know that what I'm asking my staff to do will get the result that I want. And so one way of looking at this is say you read a book, say you've read a, a great marketing book and you think, you know, what, I would love to implement this in my business. I really like the way this person speaks. I like the, you know, the, the, their ideas, their philosophy, their values. This is, this is the way I want to run, run my marketing. And so what often I used to do and what I see many people do is say, okay, now I'm going to go and try and do this myself. Whereas what I do is I, and I'll talk about it in a minute as well, I take that book and just give it to somebody else and say, go read that because I've vetted it. That's the knowledge I want in my business. And now I give somebody else the job of actually implementing it. One of another barrier you fear because you're investing money into people that they will then leave your company and go somewhere else. And the fact is that's true. They might, but they might not. But in the time they are with you, they're going to add more value to your company. And if you do this right and do this as we're going to describe in a few minutes, then you don't lose the knowledge that they gain as they're learning. 
Yes, the, someone else coming in is going to have to learn some to be able to catch up and do the work. But if you do this right and create systems around the stuff they're learning, it means that that knowledge doesn't leave and you're back to square one. You've taken a huge step forward. And if you're savvy, you'll realize that that person probably left because they're now skilled up and therefore they are more of a more value to the workplace. So now they're now in higher demand because you've just skilled them up. So say if you teach someone how to do YouTube advertising, like we're just doing uh, at the moment, you teach someone how to do it, suddenly they can go into the open market and say, I can run your YouTube ads for you. I've got a track record. Here's the results that I've got for this previous company. Uh, do you want to employ me for more money? So if you're savvy, you'll realize that you've invested a lot of money into this person. And if they're really good and you do want to keep them, you should give them a pay rise to keep them on. Simple as that. And one other point I'll make on this is that going back to what I was saying previously about hiring people with existing knowledge and the challenge in that. So you hire someone with existing knowledge, wanting them to come in and add value to your company instantly. And that may happen. So you get someone really good who's on the same wavelength, shares the same values, has the same philosophy, has done the same training as you. They come in and then they can then deliver on the, 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 the plan that you've got in your mind. Now, what often happens is they come with their own agenda, their own way of working, their own experiences, and they may not do things just the way you actually want them to be done. Now, if you're open to that and you're happy and you just want to hand over, then great. You know, get an agency to come and do your marketing and, you know, set and forget. No problem. But you will pay a, a cost for that. So you've got to juggle up this. Are you happy to let go of basically the majority of the actual management of it and the, and the direction to say, just, just run with it and then pay a premium for that? Or do you actually want someone to come in and be molded into your way of working and your philosophy and your values? And therefore, hiring someone with lots of experience may actually make that more difficult. So hopefully those, I, those mindsets or those barriers about what's holding people back to not going forward will help you then move forward with that. And thinking about how to actually push this forward, you need to have a mindset of how do I get the result without doing the work? You need to understand to really converse through what I've just said, to be honest. But conversely saying, like, how do I, um, I, believing, truly believing, you don't need to know the detail of everything. You just need to know the path you want to go on. Understanding the value of having A players in your team and not just keeping people subservient and doing like, day to, uh, doing like mundane, repetitive, low value tasks. It's about skilling these people up and actually paying them more because they are now more valuable and therefore, you know, creating the A players within your own team. Um, and understand that empowering your staff by giving them knowledge will give them confidence. This will reduce pro pro procrastination. It will then increase higher your productivity rates and therefore your staff become more valuable. So giving them knowledge gives them confidence, reduces procrastination, increases productivity and you get more value. So the learning part of this is massive to actually get more value from your existing team. And they'll love you for it and they want to stick around because you are investing in their futures and not just being selfishly getting them just, you know, to do Monday repetitive stuff all the time. Um, and it's that philosophy of business made, business made sim simple by Donald Miller, which is a great book. And he talks about this, about basically you want your staff to demand higher wages from you. You want them to come to you and demand a higher wage because they can prove to you that they are delivering, you know, five times their wages in value, direct value to your company. Why wouldn't you pay them more? You know, so that's the sort of mindset we need to get into. Um, yeah, you need to know enough you need to know enough about the stuff you want to actually get done, the course you're going on, the book you read, whatever, to know this is the right way I want to do it. But don't need to know the detail. I'm just repeating myself because it's so important. Um, challenges are doing this. 
So once you've convinced yourself that, okay, you know, I found the, the course, the, the mentor, the book, whatever it is, this is what I want to actually implement in my business. You've overcome those barriers about actually, okay, I'm going to pay someone in my company to actually skill them up. I'm going to give them the time, the, 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 put that time aside, they can actually get that knowledge in and, and go forward with it. There's still challenges you're going to face. So one of the challenges that we faced in the early days was that we'd read a book. So say, you know, I know uh, Daniel Priestley, uh, Key Person of Influence or something, or Russell Brunson, another great trilogy of books that I've read uh, countless times. And, you know, you're going to read these books like um, uh, dot com secrets, for example, talks about funnels and stuff. And and my business partner was 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 guilty of this as well as much as I was. And you read a book and then we do a, a meeting with our staff for an hour, maybe even two hours and try and condense the learning that you got from, you know, eight hours of reading and then 10 hours of contemplation and then some note taking and maybe rereading it and try and condense that into two hours, deliver it, say, right, go and do that, go and do that, and then expect them to get it. Because what you've got to understand is just telling someone to do something is actually doesn't necessarily mean they understand why they're doing it. And it's when you can give people the context and the background and the knowledge behind the decision to make them do that work, it means they can then work far more independently and they can start actually thinking and answering their own questions and knowing where to get the answers as in from the book or the course or the mentor, because it's not actually you, it's not your way, it's their, it's the course's way or the book's way. And that's actually where their, their pool of knowledge should be tapped from. It shouldn't be all coming from you. So giving people the, the context of what you're asking them to do um, allows them to be far more independent. And if you're unsure, you know, if you're thinking about, okay, well, how do I do that? Just think about how you got to that, that point. So say if you've been, I, I use Russell Brunson as an example, but say you were, you know, wanted to uh, implement a funnel strategy in your business. You've got to think, which books did I read to do that? Which YouTube videos did I watch? Which webinars have I been on? Which courses have I done? And, and then go through those and think about which are the key things that they actually need to do in order to get up to the same speed as me or same place as me in my, in my mindset, in my, you know, my journey. And then they can actually become not only just a doer and actually implement it, they become part of the strategy. They can understand things at a different level. And that just transforms people, people's love of the job they're doing, but also their value to your company to a new level. When you can start actually debating with somebody about, you know, the strategy and the interpretation of the strategy in a course or a book or whatever, that's so, so different from you tell, telling them to do X, Y, Z. So another challenge is that, you know, people get stuck thinking they have to do the teaching. And hopefully my last example explains that you, you don't need to do that. You are not the expert in this. If you were, you'd probably already be doing it in your business. But the fact is you're paying a mentor or you're going on a course or whatever to get tap into that knowledge of that expert. Therefore, they, they are the expert in this. They the person that should be actually teaching, whether it's through the book or the course, or whatever. They're the one that should be teaching your staff. So don't try and give over secondhand knowledge, as I explained in the example before, because um, you're, you, you sh well, you shouldn't be surprised when they get it wrong if you, if you try and do that. And, and the last thing I want to point point the challenges that people sometimes comes up, come up with, and I often get asked this on my courses, like how much time should you give someone to learn something new? How much time should you give them to do uh, professional development training? You know, and the question is, or, or you'll flip it around, it's like, how long did it take you to get there? And often when you think about it, sometimes it takes a long time. So it may be that you just, you know, you've, you've just a, a invested in a course that's six hours long. 
But actually, there's a lot more stuff that needs to happen. And you've got to realize as well that people, I think when you delegate often, and I probably still guilty of this sometimes, is that you delegate stuff and expect it to be done perfectly first time. So when you delegate this task of, can you go away and you know set up this new system and uh, apply the learning from this program or whatever? You know, you expect it just to go absolutely perfectly. You expect people not to almost make mistakes along the way. And then when you, but when you do it, you know, you you procrastinate. You you know, you try and make a decision here or there. You go down the wrong path. You you, you mess something up. You come back. You try again. But you accept that because it's you, and you know, oh yeah, yeah. But for me, it's different because you know, I I you know, I, I made the mistake because I was thinking other people are saying. So you always need to expect something to take almost like I don't know, double as long, maybe even more to actually achieve the results you're hoping to. And especially if, you know, you're going off the, the marketing blurb for a course, they say, you know, you'd free your time in 90 days, like we say, is that, yeah, if you follow it by the book and you do it absolutely right, you can do that. We have proof and evidence that, that is possible. But actually what happens often is people get distracted or things don't go to plan or there's a hiccup that we've not been expecting. You have to overcome that. So we always, you know, we've always sort of said with a pinch of salt yeah it is possible if you're willing to put in the work and get it done but you've also got to realize that that it's not always going to go swimmingly always going to be perfect and you're all you may be busier than you thought and you may not have time to put into the course as much as it's needed to be able to get the results in the speed so let give the same credit to your staff as well because they're, they're probably already working quite hard um and you take them away to do training is going to take them away from doing their work and i'll talk about that again in a second all right, so how do you do this then? So hopefully I've convinced you that of the way of doing this is more of a mindset shift about getting other people to help you do this, other people to do this work for you rather than you doing it yourself and then empowering them by actually giving them the time to put the background learning in to be able to then get it at a strategic level to be able to then implement at a uh, operational level more uh, quickly and with better results. So that's the, the strategy behind it. And then the next thing is how do you actually do this? So if I first off, I start by talking about your role in this, and this may be evident from what I've been chatting about before, but um, the, the key thing here is about understanding that your role when going through this process of trying to get course content implemented in your business, your role is to support the person on the implementation. It's about giving them the vision of what you're hoping this will do for your business. So we actually have a, a project vision board uh, template that we use for this. And it states, for example, what problems do you hope this is gonna solve? What benefits will the stakeholders have? Does this, how does this align with our company's quarterly goals? How does this align with our company's values? How will success be measured? How, what time and resources are needed in order to do this? And are those available now or in, at what time will they be done? and who will be involved as part of that. So that's your role in this, is to put that work in up front. So when you put someone on a training course, so for example, you put someone on, a, on, on one of our you know, systems courses, you say, go and do that course and come back to me and, and implement stuff. Well, what, what are you hoping they're gonna get out of it? So what, what was your reason for investing in the course? So you need to communicate that and don't assume that people know that and actually creating a vision board for you know, any type of project that you undertake when you wanna involve team members, even if you're doing it yourself, it's still a useful thing, but involving team members, it's essential. You've gotta be able to get your vision out. And actually, talking about Russell Bunton, uh, I actually listened to a random podcast from him the other day and he was talking about this. Um, and in the value that he basically goes into his, his business delivers the vision and then walks away and it's something we've done for years but it's i really 
Uh, I think it's so, so powerful. And I can honestly, if, I can point the projects where I've not done this and they've stalled. They've not been uh, done on. They've, they've taken longer than expected. The results haven't been what expected. They've gone on, on a, a skewed direction simply because I've not set the vision up front. So that is an essential role for you to do, especially if you're investing, you know, hundreds or thousands even, or tens of thousands or whatever, in some some training or, or, or program and you want to get some help with it, then you've got to set that in stone. It's just such, such good use of your time. Um, and there's two really types of, of um, setups or systems, if you like. So if you're, if you're trying to get somebody involved in doing something existing in your business, then you need to share your vision about what is happening in order for them to actually then jump on board and be a part of that that team. And going back to what we were talking about before, explaining the journey that you've been on by exposing them to the books or the courses or whatever you've done allows them to do that. But I'm not really going to touch on this too much because actually we're more talking about getting people onto, onto new courses now. So it's a bit of a digression, actually. So... When we're, when we're trying to implement a new idea. So this is when we're, you know, all the examples I've given. You've read a book, you've gone on a course, or you go on a course, you've booked a course, uh, you know, you've got a new mentor. Um, how do we actually get the person involved in a productive way? How do we monitor their work to make sure they're actually, you know, doing the training and then actually implementing it? These are all the, the questions that I often get asked when I, I speak to my clients about this stuff. So, we get our staff, if they're doing some training, to create a training log. So we ask them to, at the end of each module or lesson, depending how the course is structured, we want them to note down the main learning points. And as they go, they often actually just create a nice little like you know, checklist or whatever, notes to, to remind them of, of the learnings. We ask them to explain how they will or are they, how they are implementing that into the business, how we're going to get value from the lesson that they learn in that lesson. Um, and then we want to then see proof of that going forward, as in the work's actually being done. Another thing we do, which is a more recent uh, idea, but it, it, it's so it's so obvious when you think about it, is we get them to actually diarize the challenges they're having as well, the solutions that they found, and the feelings they had, the reasons those challenges came about. And this is super useful for when you're trying to then teach other people. So if you teach somebody how to, let's say, for example, in our didact model, which is our, our model, our, our framework for delegation, we have um, time, how, the estimated time for doing a task. And if I say to you, um, you should put the time or how long the task takes on the task. And that's it. I don't tell you anything else. You may do it, you may not. Maybe sometimes, maybe not other times. If I tell you, I've wasted literally hundreds of pounds by not including the time because I have staff that, go away and spend hours and hours going on a completely wrong tangent when doing a very simple task. When I only expect it to take 10 minutes. And conversely, you know, when I've got pe people, I give them a task that I expect them to take a week over and they come back, you know, three hours later and they've done it. And it's basically a total waste of time because they've missed the point. That it's just it, it completely, you know, not having the time there to give them a guidance is a total waste of time and it will end up costing you dearly. If I give you the you know, that whole story of way I, the way I learned that lesson and why it's so important, why we include it on every single task we ever delegate, regardless if we were just guessing how long it's going to take or if we actually know, then maybe now you're more convinced and maybe you'll actually do it because you'll see, oh, yeah, yeah, I can see the story behind that. I can see why that, you know, Steve had those problems and maybe I want to avoid those problems. So when you're 
staff are creating the systems for doing the work that you're learning in the training, we'll come to this in a second, is they've got that diary of the feelings and the emotions they went through. So when they made the mistakes and they're now saying to the next person in, the, in line when they're creating the system, make sure you do X, Y, or Z, they can now say, make sure you do X, Y, and Z because, and they've got a little story to go behind it, which backs it up. So you've got to think that like, you're, and if, you, if this is a good training course you're going on, they should do this. So when they're teaching stuff, they should give the strategy and the why behind the thing they're going to teach you to do. So you're convinced that it is worth your time to do it. Because if I just said to you, go post on social media and that's it. Or if I say, go post on social media because you're going to attract clients. And if you do it this way, you're going to, if you put the whole story behind it, then there's much more likelihood you're going to do it. If you know what the goals and results are going to be and also all the pain you're trying to avoid, you know, so like I said about the time example, if you give those examples, then it helps people. So when your staff are creating the systems and they actually give them the, the lessons they learned behind those, then it means that people going forward will be much more likely to adhere to them and actually actually do it. And yeah, and include problems uh, and solutions to those problems. And so another thing to do, do, do which is, it, again, it's, it's obvious in hindsight, but often people don't do this. So within your diary, within these lessons of going through step by step, is put links to the relevant material into some sort of like a Word document or you know, a SANA task or whatever you're using. So they've got this sort of diary of their own work and where they learned the thing that they learned, where they overcame the problem. So if they had to go and do some third party reading and you know, additional resources or go to Google and find stuff or go onto YouTube and bring all that in. So you've now got a log of everything, the course content, the book, plus all the other stuff that's been incorporated into this to create this this map of actually what happened and everything you needed to do it. And so therefore, when you're going back through this or when you try to get someone else to come in, you've got all these resources uh, available. And again, we'll talk about the systems in a second. Cool. And when you're then getting your staff to set things up in your business, so they do the training, they, you know, they learn the stuff and then they actually go and do it, just get them to hit record and actually record it and start creating your system for actually doing this because you'll, you never know when you might have to do this again. Sometimes you think, oh, I only do this once. Or setting up your Facebook page, for example. Oh, I'll only do it once. I only got one Facebook page. You know, I don't need to record this. I don't need to record what I'm doing. You know, don't, don't reinvent the wheel. If it's already in the training course, and you don't need to then record it again and just to have a duplicate video. That doesn't make any sense. But if there's something unique about the way you're doing it, then getting someone to record it as they're doing it is really, really useful. Um, but like the Facebook page is like, I thought I'd only ever have one Facebook page, but I think now we have three or four. So I've actually done that multiple times. It's not something we do all the time. But it's definitely something that we have to have to do more than once. And therefore, having a, a guide for doing that or whatever it is in your business, then um, it means you don't have to then end up reteaching somebody time and time again. And then so that's sort of the, the, the plan. That's what they're going to do. They're going to document themselves through it. It gives you evidence they've actually done the work. It helps them with the learning process and it gives them something to refer back to later. And then when you're actually trying to get your staff to do this, you're going to get pushback. So getting this actually done in a acceptable timeline is all about you making it a priority for your team. Because if you go to your team who's already busy, say you've got a, you know, a, a good member of staff that you want to train up and they're already working 40 hours a week and that's their allotted time. And you turn around to them and say, hey, I want you to do this training. It's a you know, YouTube intensive training. It's 20 hours long uh, plus implementation. Can you, you know, just, just get it done you know, when you can? I promise you, that unless you've got somebody who's super keen on doing uh, you know, YouTube and they do it in their free time, uh, and, you know, great if you have, then fantastic. But 
you know, the majority of people will try and fit in around their work, but they've still got 40 hours of work in a 40 hour working week. And now you're asking them to do something else. So if you want your staff to level up in a reasonable time frame, you have to be the, 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 the strong enough manager to actually take work off them and give them a lot of time to get this done. If it's, you know, if it's for your benefit, if it's for their benefit, then you could ask them to do it in their spare time. But, you know, most of the cases, most cases you're getting, getting them to um, do this training. So you benefit as a business. So setting time aside in their diary, clearing work and not letting it creep back in. When I used to work as a doctor, we used to have bleeps. So, you know, wherever you were in the hospital, they, the people could find you so you could run and, you know, um, help the patients or whatever. And then we had we had set. Uh, times for training and what used to happen is we'd all go to the training and like literally the whole way through the training the bleeps would go off and people would be running out and running out it was so distracting so in the end they banned bleeps into training so when we walked in you had to like and like hand out like it wasn't quite like going to metal detector but it felt like it you had to hand over your bleep to uh the the, the person who was basically going to man your bleeps so they would phone up the the ward or whatever and say oh you know what's the problem yeah steve's in training you'll get back to you in half an hour and they'd write a list of all the tasks and then that person would know they can go and find somebody else if it's an emergency or they can wait for you to to finish but by doing that the hospital then like gave us permission to ignore the world to get the training done and then we got the training done and you've got to carry that same philosophy into your business you've got to make people block time out in order to upskill and then be able to add value to your business. Because, and this is the, from their side, why is this so important? It's not just about the time, is they believe they're getting paid for the results of the work they do. So therefore, if you don't make this absolutely clear that this is the most highest priority at t task you can possibly do on a Tuesday afternoon between 2 and 5 p.m. or whatever, if you don't do that, any other priority will come in and overtake it. So you have to put it on a pedestal. This is the highest priority task for, you know, five hours a week or whatever you're going to allot to this. And then if they don't do it, then you know, they don't hit their, so have a KPI for this. How many hours of training did you do? How much did you implement? So you should do five hours a week on their one-to-ones, on their, you know, when you do their coaching calls with them um, or their one-to-one -one training with them, management calls, ask them, how many hours have you done? Let me see it on your timesheet. What have you implemented? And you don't, to, you don't have to do this once or twice to get them really kicked into it. When they realize how serious you are, then they'll actually do it. And that's one of the biggest, biggest um, barriers most people get from getting their staff to actually get on and do stuff and implement stuff in, from courses is the fact they don't allot enough time or set aside time. They expect them to do it on top of their existing workload, which just isn't realistic. Okay, so a big tip that I learned from um, software development project management. So there is a uh, methodology called um, sprint in software development. And in agile project management, they have sprints. And what a sprint is, is a short, short space of time, typically a week or two weeks, in which there is going to be a deliverable result from doing a, a piece of work. So say if you're building an app, then you had, you know, 10 new features on this app. You could break up the delivery of the app into 10 stages, one feature per stage or per sprint. And therefore, even if you stopped after stage five, you're gonna have an app with five working features. Whereas the other way of working is 
you go at it, you know, full pace. You don't prioritize finishing one thing. So you may do a little bit of, you know, numbers one, two, three, and four, then jump onto 10, and then you work on six and you finish off two. And then it's, then you have to pull the plug on the project. You've only got one thing done. So by finishing things off one by one, as you're going through a project, you can actually get valuable deliverable results, even if you never get to the end of the project. And it's a really important uh, project management skill to make sure that you actually see the fruits of your labor when you actually invest in stuff. And doing courses is no different. So if you can look at that course and see, okay, so if I only did modules one and two, it's still gonna be a value to my business, then that would be a really good sprint. If I just do module one, I'm not gonna get anything. Maybe we won't have that. So you can break up the course and you can speak to your course coach about this, about how to do this, if it's not sort of obvious or not laid out like this. Uh, and this is how I lay my course out. So, you know, module one gives you this, module two gives you this, module three gives you this. And therefore, if you stop at any point, you've still got a lot of value, even if you never got to the end or you come back to it later, hopefully. Um, and so if, if it's, it isn't evident in the course that you're buying, then speak to the course director or the course owner and ask them to help you with that. What are the clear goal points that you can set so that you're going to get something of value by the different stages within that course? Um, yeah, just because you might not be get to the end and just be just be, you know, honest with yourself and something else might come up that's more important. You might have a crisis. That person may leave and you have to just sort of like, you know, wait until you've got somebody else in to actually continue that pr process. So if you can have clear deliverables that give you value, value along the way, then you're actually getting return on your investment, even if you never quite finish it. Uh, and acknowledge those no, those small wins. So every time you get a deliverable that's actually you know, something that you can actually, a tangible result, celebrate it. I mean, don't mean, I don't mean have a party and, you know, what you can if you want, but my point is that you're just basically acknowledging it and saying, yeah, you know, well done. That's awesome. We, we, this is going to be a value to the company. You know, make them, motivate them to see that the work they are doing is actually being appreciated and being valued and actually is adding value. And therefore they're much more likely to actually dedicate more time to actually getting the rest done. I also recommend that as you're going through a course, you, hopefully this will be obvious, but you have a check-in with your staff. Don't just set and forget and hope they're going to get on with it and they're going to just get it right. You know, have daily check-ins with them if that's what it takes. Definitely have a weekly check-in or what they call them in, in Agile is sprint reviews. So at the end of each sprint, at the end of each stage that you've you predefined, have a meeting, discuss what went well, what went badly? Did it take longer than expected or shorter than expected? Could you, you know, add more to the next one or condense it down because it was too long? You know, did you, were there any obstacles that needed to be overcome? How did they overcome them? Have that sort of debrief at each stage and make sure you are actually learning from your mistakes and also then uh, getting, actually d implementing the stuff and actually uh, using or deploying what you're learning as at, at the end of each stage rather than waiting until the end to, to, to get any benefits whatsoever. Cool. So, implementing stuff. So as a person is going through the course, they're learning stuff and that's great, but that is of no value to your business. The only way you get value is when it's implemented. So doing the actual course content itself is benefiting the person doing the course. Implementing the course content is benefiting you as a business. So in order to do this effectively, then as you're going through the course, you need to identify what the recurring tasks are that are, going, are being generated to get the value of the course content going forward into the future. So I, I seem to be using marketing as a great, a lots of examples there, but if say if you're doing marketing, like learning how to do YouTube videos, learning how to post on social media, 
is not benefiting anybody unless you start doing it. Creating one post on social media is benefiting you once. The real value comes when you actually set up the system for repeating this process time and time again going forward. So if you have weekly tasks, daily tasks, or like hourly tasks, or whatever, if it's social media, depends how much you're going tweeting or whatever, you know, your monthly tasks, you, you basically create these um, task templates, as we call them, with the operation miners for each of the steps in this process. So when you get to the end of the course, you've not just got a course of knowledge and someone doing it, you've actually got the system for rolling this out going forward. To do this really effectively, if you have a system for creating systems, it means that you don't have to get the person who's doing the course to do the systemization part even. So they may get bogged down if they've got to do the course, implement the stuff and create the systems. So having a system creating systems so you can delegate the systemization part to somebody else can speed this process up. And having a very structured approach to your systemization will make this go a lot smoother and will mean that you end up at the end with a result that's definitely that's usable in your business and that everybody understands gets standardized, standardized. And this is you know what we teach day in, day out. It's our bread and butter in our training programs. If you need something like that, you can just reach out, go to our website, systemizeyoursuccess.com and jump on a webinar or jump on a call with us and uh, we will help you out. But that isn't the point of today. I just want to mention that as I'm going through it. Um, so once you've got your daily, weekly, your monthly tasks assigned, and this is this is not about this is not about going through the course content, just really clear. This is the outcomes of the course it needed or the implementation of the course needed to continue getting value of this program, of this course going forward into the future. Because ultimately, that is what you're trying to do in this business, you know, by implementing a course in your business. It's about getting longevity of continuing this process going forward. And that's how you do it. This is how you do it without it sort of just getting lost to the wayside as you finish the program. So as you're going through, you're going to create these systems. And then you set your KPIs to monitor those systems. So you, know, you have lead and lag um, indicators for your business. So your lead indicators, you know, in our social media example, would be how many posts are getting done. So if the course says you do five posts a week, lead indicator, have I done five posts this week or one post a day or whatever it is you're going to, how what the frequency you're going to measure. And then the lag indicator could be you know, how many shares, likes and um, impressions I've got or whatever it is. You know, so the point is that you need your lead indicators to make sure the work can continue to get done, your lag, lag indicators to, to keep on proving the quality of the work. And so set those as you're going through. And again, if you're unsure, ask your coach, ask your mentor, ask the, ask the person running the course, what are the good KPIs that you measure in your business to make sure this stuff is done right? Because if they're teaching you this stuff, they should have all this in place. You know, they should know how they measure the success of the stuff they're teaching. So ask them if it's not evident in the course. It may be, but if it's not, ask them. Um, and then also you need a, a plan for continued improvements. So hopefully with your course, you know, you, you're going to get some ongoing support beyond, say if it's a, you know, a three-week course or four-week course, hopefully you're going to get some support going forward uh, to be able to actually continue improving it beyond the, the date of the actual getting the work done part of the course. So make sure that your, your staff are tapped into that. And I'll talk that in a second uh, about picking good courses and some of the features or the benefits or whatever you should look out for in the course styles. Um, but yeah, so having a plan for uh, improving your your courses, both while you've got the coaching support to make sure that you're getting the most out of it and then going forward. So how is this person going to, or whoever's taking this over, going to keep the knowledge updated? You know, one of the things I'm going to mention in a second is about having lifetime access to an updated course version and then having, I, I recommend you have a, a plan in place 
for your staff to go back through the training, look for any updates, or if there's announcements of updates, to go back through and make sure those updates are getting pulled in. And if there's a you know a, if you can get if there's a forum or a Facebook group or something you can remain a part of, then to keep that person plugged into that and have that as part of the the work of running that system is actually engaging with the course that you paid for. If you can get lifetime access to something like a uh, a forum or whatever, then you can continue tapping into that knowledge going forward. So the last part of this is about this, the expert. So you've now trained up this expert in, in this particular, whatever it is you're, you're teaching them to do on, on the, or what the course is teaching them to do. So you had someone that had uh, less knowledge and now you've got someone who's got a lot more knowledge. And they've also, if you follow this process, they've documented what they've done. They've created the tasks or the operation manuals for it. They've delegated, they're now in a position actually today to delegate this work out. And that is, in my opinion, what they should do. They have now created the system. They are what's called a knowledgeable worker. And now it's your, now it's their turn to delegate down to somebody coming in to free their time to continue managing and improving that system. Or if they're particularly good at creating systems, you might put them on another course to actually start implementing a system in a new area of your business or expanding, you know, continuing, you know, with marketing, there's a never ending number of things you could do. So you could build something up, you know, in a different area or in systems, there's always, or operations, there's anything, any number of things you can get someone to do. So once you've got that knowledge trapped in, created a system out of it, it's happening in your business. Now is the time to actually elevate that person up by hiring an assistant so I recommend hiring virtual assistants from the Philippines. And again, it's something we coach people on and we have system, our recruit hiring system, et cetera. And so by getting people to, to, to hire an affordable assistant so they can delegate down, elevate them up, they now become above the system so they can actually have a much more strategic look at it and actually improve it better. And it also frees up the time to focus on other stuff. Cool. So hopefully that has given you a structure to how you move your mindset from you doing everything and needing to know everything about not investing in your staff to realizing the value of investing in your staff. And that's how you're going to get, you know, you'll, you'll grow your business and expand your team in a affordable way to how you actually overcome some of the pushback and the barriers you're going to get from your staff to giving you a plan for actually implementing or going through the course content, documenting and creating the training system from that to how you implement it, create the systems for it and then delegate it. That's the life cycle of you getting the most value possible out of a training course. And it's none of it or very little of it is done by you apart from you checking in and managing and directing and pointing things from time to time. So the last part of this, and it's gone on for a little bit of time today, so thanks for bearing with me if you're still uh, listening in. So the last part is just really whittle through some of the best features or best benefits or best styles of courses that I've ever been on and some of the things that I've learned from delivering courses for the past six years and the improvements that we've made to our courses and our training and our coaching and our support over the years. And this is the stuff that if you got all of this in you know a single course, you'd be looking at a pretty damn good course. But most of this is actually really important. So let's go through the, the top things that I think you should look for. So for the course content itself, with um, maybe some very few exceptions for very simple stuff, you should always get a lifetime access or a low annual access to the course content and updates. If you pay, you know, a few thousand for a course and you only get it for a year or two, then you're basically going to be left high and dry. You've got to keep paying it if it's complicated then because they're going to be updating their knowledge. And 
And so try and get courses with lifetime access. And a really bad example of the opposite was this, was a course I went on um, that uh, was, uh, there may have changed this, but at the time this was 2CCX uh, with uh, Russell Brunson. And it was a couple of grand a month for their marketing, high-level marketing uh, mastermind program. And when I left, I lost, I lost access to all the content. So I paid you know, quite a few thousand pounds over, over a, a number of months. And then when, as soon as I left, I lost access to everything and I couldn't actually continue on that journey, uh, which was a real shame. Um, I felt a bit let down by that. Um, so I don't do that for my, start, uh, my, my, my uh, courses because I think that that's not um, appropriate. If someone's paid for a course and they've paid, you know, whatever the minimum, uh, whatever the charge is for that course, then I think they should have continued access to it. And, if, you know, if I want to, if I want to get more out of my clients, I'll create a new program which will add more benefit to their business rather than trying to um, get them to keep on paying for the same thing time and time again. That's not to say coaching. I think people should pay for coaching because that's obviously the the, the the bit that takes the time. But actually the course content itself, once it's been paid for, then you should keep it. So keep an eye out for that because you could be caught out. Um, now, also, on that note, the staff member that's doing it now isn't going to be the staff member that's doing it in a year's time or two years time. So the ability to go back to that training is really important. This is a, we're, our YouTube ads, for example. We've just bought somebody in new to take over the running of our YouTube ads so my marketing manager can go and do something else. Now that person is going back to our training courses. And this is with Ad Clients, which is a brilliant training course. Uh, going back to that training course and actually tapping back into that knowledge to be able to then um, up, speed up really quickly. We haven't had to create all that, re, re, recreate all that training, that great training we've got in the course because we've got lifetime access to it. So just a good example. Bad example, good example. Um, always try to get co uh, training courses or online courses or whatever it is with coaching and support. And I know sometimes there's cheap options. You know, you can get £59 lifetime access or whatever, you know, or £99 whatever. But if you don't get the coaching, then you're going to hit barriers along the way that you then end up uh, not being able to overcome and you don't get the value from the course. It's just a total waste of time and money. And the biggest thing is time. So just because it only costs you 100 quid, if it takes you 20 hours and you get nothing from it, it's 20 hours lost. If you cost you know, £2,000 and you spend 20 hours and you get a massive result, it's £2,000 well invested. So just have that sort of mindset that coaching is brilliant, whether it's you one-to-one, know, -one, weekly group coaching you know, or help desk. You just want some way of getting the support to get the answer to the questions that you have, the challenges that you, you come across as you implement the stuff in your business. Because the course is going to be designed one-to-many, but you are you know, an individual, you'll have your individual challenges, your, your strengths and your weaknesses, and you need someone to support you that, with that. Second thing about this, make sure your business partner and ideally a manager for that department can join the training with you. As I've already said, you're not the one who's going to be implementing this, so it shouldn't just be you that has access. That's totally pointless. I don't know how my YouTube ads are run in detail. I know the theory, I know the principle, I know the concept. I've watched the training quickly once through. I don't know the detail. My staff learn it by going on the courses and they have access so they can go through the training to be able to do it for me. So, so important. So ideally, the coaching program will have a manager or a business owner, if you haven't got any staff yet, a business owner uh, version of the course. And ideally, they'll also have a staff version because you're implementing something in your business. Like I was saying before, you want to implement stuff, you want to create the systems and then delegate down. So the way we teach it on our courses is we give you the business owner the knowledge and then we give you the systems to delegate down. So you don't even have to create them yourself because we're a systems company, that's what we do. But you know, so that's what you're looking for is that 
how the strategy, the how, sorry, the strategy and the why, why you need this in your business. And then the actual, the implementation is the doing that, actually doing the work, you want to be able to delegate that down. So make sure there is training specifically for your staff for when, they're, when you're trying to get this work done on a daily basis going forward. Like I was saying, the marketing example, coming up with a strategy, I want to create new, new Facebook posts. I'm doing the sort of the visionary stuff, great, but posting the stuff every single day, editing the videos or you know creating the thumbnails, that's not going to be done by you. So you need the, the system to be able to actually do that. So make sure your staff are getting trained to do that. Um, at best, uh, sorry, at worst that they have access to the, the original training, at best that there is actually specific training for your staff to do the tasks within that, uh, that you're getting taught to do in the training. Onboarding calls. So I used to ignore onboarding calls with training. And I think it was at my peril because onboarding calls are super important just to make sure that you understand how to get the most value out of the course as quickly as possible. So don't skip your onboarding calls and look for courses that have them. Um, if you've got, if there are quizzes, certifications you're going through, that's really good, especially when you're delegating to staff so you can track their progress. Or if you can actually see on a leaderboard or even just know from their login, you know, how much of the course have they completed. So when they spent 10 hours doing it and you realize they've only done module one, something not right there. So it's really good if you can in some way track their progress, either by their completion of you know, certain modules or uh, quizzes or in actually tracking them going through. Um, another point, when, when the plan you get in the course is usually a good plan. The person you're buying the course of, hopefully you've researched them, they've got good references. They've probably done this a few times before, so stick to the plan and make sure there is a plan. That's my point. So when you're looking for a course, make sure there's clear, defined deliverables and goals. What are you getting out of this? How will you know when you're successful in implementing this and what are the timelines to those stages of success? So if, you know, for, for us, for example, if you are um, coming in, you want to know how to delegate effectively. You want to know how to set up all your apps. You want to know how to, uh, to uh, create your systems. You want to hire a virtual assistant. Well, we'll give you timelines. Bang, bang, bang. Those are the things you need, need to do. These are timelines for getting them done. And that's the sort of thing you're, you're trying to do. So, uh, and also just be real, realistic. When you go in, it's good to ask maybe, what else is there? You know, do you have other programs? Don't look to invest in them all now. You'll just get overwhelmed. But be aware that what, you're, what you go in and, and do that your first course with a company may not be the last one. And that's not them trying to just you know, rinse you and, and keep selling and selling onto you. Of course, they want to keep you as a lifetime customer. But if they piled everything in all into one and, and two CCX with, with uh, uh, ClickFunnels is a bit of an example of this, they pile everything in and then it's just a bit of an overwhelm. And they did break it down into three stages. Um, but it was sort of all part of the same package and it did feel a bit overwhelming. So I'm not saying it was, it was great content, by the way, in that course, um, but it was just the way it was laid out was a little bit overwhelming for me. So if you break, if you go into a course, then you expect that they've actually taken all of their knowledge, everything they know about the thing that you're trying to learn, and they've broken it down into the bite-sized chunks, hopefully in a, a, a logical and useful order to be able to get you to the result you're looking for as quickly as possible without getting overwhelmed. So just, I think you'd just be good to ask that, to find out what the plan is, where what is next after you do this particular stage. And, and sort of leading on from that, you know, where is this, is this course, is this training, is this book, is it appropriate for this, your stage of business right now? And I'll give you a really good example, a book that many of you may have read called Traction by Gino Wickman. Now, Traction is full of just golden nuggets, absolutely brilliant. But to in, 
in, to um, implement most of what he teaches in a small or micro business, so zero to 10 employees, it takes a lot of creative uh, license. Like he talks about stuff. He's aiming that book at middle-sized, medium-sized businesses. Businesses, you know, 50, 200, 300 staff. And that, you know, when you read the, the way he talks about stuff, the leadership he talks about, that's why I think it really leans itself too. Whereas if, if you're looking for a book for a small business, you may specifically look for books that are written for small businesses or courses that are for small businesses, for example. Like our courses are specifically aimed at small businesses with zero to 10 employees. That's our niche. That's who we focus our efforts on. And that's the language that we use. We don't talk about corporate events and having um, manager leadership uh, getaways and, and training events because we don't expect people to have a team of managers. You know, we expect people maybe to have one manager um, and typically none. And it's the owner having being being the manager and how do we actually remove you from being the manager and getting your first manager that's the sort of where we're at that level of business so that's what we focus on so whatever your business level is at when you're choosing courses make sure that is a good fit for you maybe obvious but i know i've made that mistake before and invested time in reading books and also in doing courses which weren't really appropriate um even if they were very good and i i cite traction as a good example yes i took away a couple of golden nuggets but it's a long book and uh, I've read it actually a number of times, um, but it probably isn't suitable for my size of business right now. So if you don't do this, then you end up that if you don't get to the end of a course, you're not going to get value because you've not put the stage into place and you've got the deliverables. You'll also, if you don't do this, probably never finish or implement half of what you ever pay for because you do not have time to do this yourself. But if you do do this, then you will get stuff done. You'll get the value, return on the investment for every course you buy. You'll get, out of doing this, you automatically create the person who does the work so you don't have to teach anybody. And then them in turn can create the systems to teach the next person and so on. If you do this, your staff will stick around for longer because they'll love learning and being a part of something and building and creating systems. And if they don't want to do this stuff, then probably they're the wrong people for your business. Get people who want to learn, who want to be better, who want to better themselves and make themselves more valuable in the world. And you'll increase the value of your team by doing this. And in the long run, you'll probably save money even though you pay your staff more because you're building people up from the bottom rather than hiring in from the top. So actually the cost outlay for getting expert work will be much, much lower in the long run. And if you do this, you'll continually move your business forward, stay ahead of the game without increasing your workload and without you having to fill your brain with a load of stuff you don't really need to know. So that's it. That is my lowdown on how to get the absolute most out of training courses, how to get your staff to do the hard work for you, how to implement and how to take that, what they've learned and actually get ongoing value in your business, both now and in the future going forward. I've also talked about some of the key characteristics of great courses and a lot of the stuff that I've tried to emulate in the courses that we teach and also what will happen if you do this and what will happen if you don't. Hopefully that's been helpful. If you have found this useful, please hit the button right now. Leave us a review. Leave us a, uh, you know, five stars if you feel it was great. It does massive, it does wonders for our reach and helps us reach even more people. Please do comment. We do read every single comment we ever find or ever see, so we find, we ever get. And, um, you know, if, and head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com for show notes, for more information, for downloads and access to our webinars, training and other free stuff. Cool. Thank you very much. Have a fantastic day and I will look forward to um, seeing you or hearing, hearing you, speaking to you, whichever, next time. All right. Thanks very much. Take care. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts, so please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions, and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day, and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.